Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Hey, it's Friday, and this is another episode of Perceived Value. Real quick, I want to thank those who have donated or signed up to be a patron of Perceived Value through our Patreon account this past week. So huge thanks goes out to Doug, Amanda, and Crystal. On Monday, I traveled to New York City for an interview, and your support definitely covered my bus tickets and coffee and probably lunch too. And I would say all my travel expenses, but mm, let's be real, it's New York City. If you love the podcast and you want to show it, visit perceivedvaluedpodcast.com and click on the support page to learn how. So yeah, I love New York. I'm not sure I'm cut out to live there full time. My current bank account certainly isn't, but I do love visiting this city. And every time I'm there, I learn a bit more about that immense and alluring city it is. This past week, I hopped on a bus, my microphones in tow, to conduct an interview at the 92nd Street Y. It was my first time visiting this world-class cultural and community center, and if I'm honest with you all, I was completely unaware of the extent of their programming. We're talking ceramics, after-school programs, concerts, dance, school of music, nursery school, fine art and design, poetry, and not to mention their incredible series of talks and lectures that they put on, and oh yeah, jewelry. I encourage you all to check out their website, and if you happen to be heading to New York City anytime soon, do yourself a favor and check out the talk schedule, and of course, the upcoming jewelry workshops. My guest today is the director of jewelry at the 92nd Street Y, and has been for the past 19 years. With a background in decorative arts and sculpture, Jonathan Wall has made objects, sculpture, jewelry, and currently he predominantly creates works on paper. There are many reasons why I wanted to speak with this exceptional artist. For one, he basically has my dream job, but also he's on the advisory committee for New York City Jewelry Week. So I sat down with Jonathan in the 92nd Street Wise Jewelry and Metal Studio to talk about how he has sustained his career and practice in the city that never sleeps. But also, what does the 92nd Street Y have in store for the inaugural NYC Jewelry Week? A huge thank you to Pat and Jonathan and everyone else I met at the 92nd Street Y. Y'all made this girl feel real welcomed and I appreciate it. So, Please welcome today's guest, Jonathan Wall. Cool. I think I'm pretty good. You're a little quiet. Just a touch. Um, hi. Hi. Hey, thanks for doing this. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for coming up. Um, yeah, no problem. I mean, 
it's New York City, so it's like an excuse to come up here and like play a little bit. In it's, August heat. I know. It just turned back on again. Oh my God. <laughs> I did actually. I got off the bus and I was walking to the subway and by the time I got there, I was just like drenched. And oh, I was like, yeah. good thing I bought a black shirt. Yeah. Because it's masking everything. Um, so we're at the 92nd Street Y. We are. This is my first time here. Well, welcome. Um, it's one of New York City's cultural institutions. <laughs> I know that now. <laughs> Around for 140 years, started uh-huh. serving the Jewish communities. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things about the 92nd Street Y that we're going to talk about yeah. that I had literally no idea. Um, I just thought it was a jewelry school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. We are and. It's one of our facets. Yeah, but you guys do so much more. I kind of put it in the same category as the Revere Academy, RIP. Which, you know, wasn't like East Coast, but right. not at all. Um, okay, so hi, everyone. I'm sitting here with Jonathan Wall, uh, director of jewelry at the 92nd Street Y. We are in the jewelry studio right now, which is pretty cool. And today, Jonathan, yes, we're going to talk about, well, who you are. Great. And what you do, because yeah. you have a really cool job. Yeah, um, you kind of have one of my dream jobs. Like you and Leslie Noel are like she's the director of programs for Penland, and yeah. I, I can't think of a cooler job than picking out people to teach classes. It, You're like, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here since 1999 if it wasn't um, fulfilling in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then also. Proceed Value is a partner of New York City Jewelry Week, which I can't shut up about because you mean it's NYCJW, which is also Jonathan Wall. Oh, so like wow! <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah, really good. <laughs> You're like no big deal. Sorry. Um, you know what's funny? I kept turning you down, and I was like, God, I'm so loud in here, but it, I. <laughs> turning your mic down not mine sorry which is funny opposite um yeah and so also 92nd street y forgive me if i don't say this correctly they're a partner as well correct Mm -hmm. and then you are on the advisory committee i am Mm -hmm. that's fancy yeah look at you um so yeah so this is like this wonderful coming together i'm doing a series of interviews to talk about what people are doing gearing up for this inaugural event Mm -hmm. um and we're in August. We got what? September, October. We're only like two months out. It'll be here tomorrow. It kind of is yeah. sneaking up on us. Yeah. I mean, I'm curating. Well, not curating. I'm doing a show with my, the JV collective. Great. So on top of that, Love I'm you just, ladies. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do another iteration of sirens and we have a gallery, which we just figured out like last month. Terrific. Um, so it is kind of when you think about other jewelry weeks like Munich, we started planning six months out. Yeah. Um, so this feels very sudden, but. It is New York. Yeah. And it's also in our it's backyard. New York Minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That whole thing. Um, so, Jonathan, I want to start about with about who you are. Uh, I actually met you for the first time. Do you remember when we first met Jonathan? In Munich? Yeah. Yeah. But not this last time. No, that was. Three years, four years ago? Was that? Dang. Or was it, way, was it way, way before that? No, it wasn't, because I'm a... Uh, <laughs> no, you're you're fine. Uh, no, it was the year of American Gothic. We yeah. met at that show. Yes. Um, and that was my first Jewelry Week experience, and it was pretty much my first experience for most contemporary jewelry stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was really overwhelmed. Um, but I have to thank you, because like 
you introduced yourself to me and was like very pleasant. And I remember the, one of the first questions you asked me was, where did you go to school? Which always kind of shuts me down. Now I'm very proud. I didn't go to school. But at that time, I was just like, oh. And you're like, actually, I think that makes you more interesting. And that's why you've always been on my good side. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you very much. I try not to be intimidating at any, any time. I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm, yeah. You know, and, and, and I don't think in the arts you really should be. Yeah. But, you know, hey, everyone's different. Yeah, it's a very intimidating place. But no, you definitely um, made a very amazing first impression. So... Where are you from, Jonathan? I'm from suburban Philadelphia. Oh, which suburban? <clears throat> or sub- the Pennsylvania suburban? side? Oh. <laughs> like, Montgomery County, Ambler, Pennsylvania. I uh, actually, you know what? I've heard of Ambler. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe right. after the heroine of the train wreck of 1846, Mary Ambler. Oh wow! Anyway, that's probably more information that you need to know. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, okay, so grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. Where did you go to school at? I went to Tyler as an undergrad, Tyler School of Art. Which at that time was in Elkins Park, which was, my high school was about 15 minutes away from my house. Okay. And Tyler was about 15 minutes away from my high school. So it was very, it felt very familiar. Yeah. It was uh, formerly on the Elkins Tyler estate and now it's since moved to main campus, but it was like a, Tyler at the time was like a really tiny, cozy art colony. Weird. Yeah. Well, I moved to Germantown when I first moved there. And I remember seeing buildings for Tyler out by there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? I thought yeah. that was like in the city. It, yeah, well, it used to be out, out, out. Out in the boonies. Yeah. Um, so did you study under Stanley? Uh-huh, Stanley, uh, Stanley Lexon, Vicki Stedman, and Daniela Kerner. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Not that I think you're really old, but I'm just saying, like, they just They just retired. Retired. So. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, if you've been working here since the 90s, like, Late dang. 90s. Last decade, last year of the 90s, okay? <laughs> okay, clarify that. Yeah. Um, and so, are you one of those people that's, well, Tyler School of Art. So, you did go for art right away. I did. I went from yeah. high school. I went to an all-boys prep school. Oh, and okay. as I mentioned to you earlier, I was on the crew team in high school. And I oh, went, yeah. yeah, it was it was very strange to go from prep yeah. school, all boys prep school to art school, because I walked into art school saying, I loved high school. I went to seven proms. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like reverse discrimination because all the art school kids who we like got tortured in high school for being freaks or outcasts yeah. kind of flipped the tables on me because I'm like, what? Oh. Whoa. That's not okay. <laughs> they were like, we hated high school. It was just a very funny and experience, inverted experience yeah. to go through. Yeah. But I do love that perspective. Like, I actually really loved high school. I did. Because you I always really hear. Did. It's like, I was the ugly duckling and I was a picked on and whatever. And you're like, actually, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, um, it, was a, it was a very good experience. And I think I always wanted to. I, I think if I didn't go to art school, my parents would have been a little worried. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my father funny. was a banker and my mother was a lactation consultant first group of lactation consultants in America to be certified. What? So I had this kind of conservative hippie upbringing. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, so the parents, did they help you pay for school? They paid for, I think the agreement was for half. When did you go to school? When I was that? graduated Tyler in 1990. 1990. Okay. Yeah. So. And they paid for my semester abroad in Rome. Oh, you did a semester abroad yeah. in Rome? So like that, we'll definitely pick that up for you. But they wanted me to have some what? kind of like responsibility for my education. No, I like that. Yeah. That's rad. It's and paid I mean, off now. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, well, I was also, I didn't bring, I brought it up because it's it's interesting when I talk to people about when they went to school, right? Because like, I'm yeah. sure Tyler is far more affordable then than it is now, but maybe not like in terms of. 
you know, overall I, I don't know, but um, yeah. Temple University has always been affordable. Mm-hmm. It has not been. It's not, you know, University of Pennsylvania. It's not an Ivy League school. Yeah. Um, so the tuition has always been reasonable. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's more money now. Yeah. But it was not. Um, it wasn't some of the other schools I could mention. Yeah, totally. So you graduate. Yeah. Um, do you have a grad school degree? I do. Oh, did you do, did you go straight to grad school or did you chill out, get a job, do some things? Between? I moved to London. Oh, look at your pretty life. <laughs> what are you doing in London? I worked at the casinos in Atlantic City that summer because my <gasps> family has a house in Ocean City, New Jersey, a very okay. small house in Ocean City, New Jersey. So also to make art school even weirder, um, <laughs> I spent my summers at the Jersey school, Jersey Shore all through art school. So I yeah. still had all my high school friends and we were like tan and lifeguards and, you know, like very. Yeah. I, I actually suburban. Just, <laughs> I just went to Atlanta City for the first time on Friday. Yeah. Went to the beach. I literally laid under a towel with my big old hat on because I burn. Yeah. But I hear you. It's but, cool. Yeah. So um, that summer I worked in the casinos in Atlantic City. So uh, to make some money, I made $2,000 yeah. and moved to London. Oh, so you just moved to London. So I had a friend um, who we met at the Jersey Shore who was British who had a student working visa that he got through BUNAC, which is like an international students organization. Okay. And um, we became friends. And I had already gone to school in Rome and really loved the experience of being abroad. And I'm I'm like, I'm I'm out. I'm going to go to London. And um, (sighs) got my student working visa. I moved in with Andrew, who's this friend of a friend who we met working at Wawa for anyone from Philly knows Wawa. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so that's how I got to London through an employee at Wawa. Just, yes. Just FYI. Be nice to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's lurking behind the counter. No. Uh, yeah. I moved to London and I didn't know what I was going to do. I kind of just walked around looking for a job. But you got a student visa. so I did. So I could, I could work. Yeah. I had a oh. wonderful interview with Tom Dixon who's a very famous furniture designer. I remember walking in and he was like, wow, you have an amazing portfolio. You know, one of the things about Tyler, I will say, is that, you know, technically they had everything. Yeah. So we learned everything. So mm-hmm. my undergrad portfolio was just an array of techniques. Um, and Tom was like, oh, I'll happily hire you. You're, this is great. Wow. And yeah. kind of in the back of my mind, I thought maybe I'd make furniture in that weird space between yeah. undergrad and graduate school. Uh, but because I wasn't a British citizen, he couldn't pay me because they those interns are paid through the government oh. so i was like oh wow i just think about that moment though i'm like huh had i worked for tom dixon in london i probably wouldn't be sitting right now having this conversation it's one of those moments where mm-hmm. i'm sure my life would have been different if i worked for one of the world's most renowned furniture designers oh my god could you imagine <laughs> yeah. like, it, it is interesting how those like one experience can change the trajectory yeah. of your career yeah yeah um so i eventually worked for a craft craft art gallery in st john's wood is that a neighborhood of London? Yeah. North I've never London. been there. Yeah. Um, okay. So how long did you end up being there? Six months until my visa ran out. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, not long. So it wasn't like... No, yeah. I wasn't there for two years. So then it, is it after that that you're like, eh, go to grad school? So after that, yeah, I kind of figured I was going to go to grad school. And yeah. um, I applied and was accepted to the places I applied to. But I chose SUNY New Paltz for numerous reasons. Wow. But um, mainly because of kind of their ideological stance you know they were really I, I was I had a I, I wasn't really a jeweler yeah you know I mean towards the end of undergrad even though it was the 80s and big jewelry was in <laughs> I was still making jewelry that was so big it couldn't even be big 80s jewelry it was really yeah. they were objects and they were really metaphors using function mm-hmm. um, and I kind of knew that I wanted to go somewhere that I could engage 
on multiple levels and not just within a jewelry context. And that was certainly happening at New Paltz. Who was there at the time? Um, Jamie Bennett and Fred Wall. Okay. And then my sophomore, my sophomore year, my second year of grad school, um, Myra Mimlich Gray. Okay. So that's so funny because when you came to our opening at Munich, you were with Jamie. Yeah. It's always funny kind of like a new I'm not super new on the scene but I'm pretty new mm-hmm. and so when I see people I'm like oh they know each other like they're hanging out and mm-hmm. then finding out everybody's connection yeah it's so interesting to me yeah and then you know Myra okay these all make sense um so then when you graduate with your MFA what is it in what was it technically the I mean I say it's in metalsmithing and sculpture yeah I'm, my whole graduate pro my whole graduate body of work was all this recreated American tinware okay from sheet I mean, I was lurking you online. So, so I was you looking for might some have jewelry. seen some. Yeah, you won't probably see any. Didn't you can any. find some jewelry, but that happens later. Yeah, I saw like little figurines, little guys. It's on your website. That also came later. I saw some salt busts. Some salt that came. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Where's the jewelry? Um, <laughs> did you pay for grad school?" <laughs> I did pay for grad school. Uh, one track mind yeah. over here. Sorry. It's okay. Um, okay. I have a, you know, my relationship with jewelry is, is um, uh, idiosyncratic and at times ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, well, we can, we can get into that, but uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, I think, well, I don't know. We can get into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically I'm not making anything right now, so. Okay. Ew. Um, so then. You're making this happen. So that's something. Yeah, I'm doing this, but it's jewelry related. So that's what I was. Yeah. yeah that's why I was like, oh, yeah, you're like in it, but you're not necessarily like directly making jewelry. Not at the moment, no. Yeah. Because most of my studio practice is drawing. I know. Yeah. Oh, I was. Just vis a vis this jewelry situation. I was but. drooling over your drawings. Nice. Um, so you graduate, you get your MFA. Yeah. Did you ever want to teach? Like, is why did you go to grad school? Was it that kind of idea? I think I just thought I was supposed to. Nah, I feel like that's a lot of people. You know, thought. I mean, no offense, Jamie and Myra or, or <laughs> Sina Newpaltz. I love you guys. You know I do. But, you know, I was 20, 22 years old and I was like, yeah. I think I should go to grad school. Yeah. Right? It's what that's you what do. I do. Yeah. And I guess teaching was a possibility. I don't know. I still wanted to be an art star or something. I, I you know, I'd, I'd yeah. love to go back to my 22 year old mind to figure out what I was really expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, totally. you know, but I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, situation or education than I got from Sudan New Pulse. I mean, they changed, they changed me yeah. in a really positive way. I, I learned certainly through Jamie and Myra and Fred, God rest his soul. Um, and through Pat- Patricia Phillips, who taught us contemporary um, culture, which mm-hmm. was really a theory class, to really think about art and to think about jewelry or the decorative arts within an art context. And mm-hmm. it was fascinating. I and mean, it was still kind of very, a lot of postmodern theory, mm-hmm. it was in the mid-90s. Um, so craft had just started to be digested through that lens. And it was, it was fascinating to use that as a, a, as a tool. Yeah. And I think uh, m- my graduate work was definitely affected with, you know, my sexuality at the time. So Don't Ask, Don't Tell had just been passed by mm-hmm. um, the president. And, you know, we're still very much in the AIDS generation. That's still extremely resonant. So, you know, being a gay American was still, you know, a little like, oh, OK, not an art school, not in New York City, but it's still, you know, I feel yeah. like gay now is really boring. You have to be trans to be interesting. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So or true. genderless. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Like gay. Mm. Been there. Done yeah, my that. uncle's gay. Whatever. Go get married. <laughs> so when you graduate, uh, did you go back to Philly? No. Where'd you go? Uh, I moved to Germany. 
Of course you did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I actually I said to I said to Jamie at the time that I think I was going to go back to Germ uh, to Germany to uh, Philadelphia, and he was like, mm, I don't know, Jonathan. I think you should probably move somewhere bigger. Yeah. Because I mean, at the time, and things are changing so dramatically, like. I actually think about moving to Philly sometimes now. I'm like, oh, I could have a yeah. bigger house, a bigger garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in Philly. Don't tell anybody. You guys, it's That's expensive. Okay. Don't check it out. <laughs> but he really kind of was like, I don't know if you should go to Philly. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, I do have to move to New York. You know, I was, I'm from Philly, but I went to New Paltz. So I kept driving past New York. I had friends in New York that would come in, you know, come into town. Yeah. And I definitely knew that's where I was going to have to go. But I met someone. Mm-hmm. Um, who was finishing his master's degree in Berlin and oh. yeah and asked me if I would go there and quote unquote be his prince charming I'm not kidding you quote unquote oh my god and I asked my parents I was like should I go and they're like well do you love him and I'm like I think so they're like go you can always come back yeah so I went <laughs> with nothing with no German no visa no nothing wow um, yeah I mean every time I'm at Munich Jewelry Week I'm looking for a husband <laughs> All right, we need to work on that next next year. <laughs> like, where are you? I want to move over here. Get me yeah. somewhere. Oh. Um, so that's special. Tell yeah. us, how long did you last there? I was there for a year, and yeah. I became an artist in residence at the Hochschule der Kunst, which is now the Academy for Kunst. It's right in it's right in downtown Berlin. Yeah. Um, by the zoo station. And oh. I also I found I kind of found that by chance. I was looking for work, trying to figure out what I was doing in Berlin. Um and they looked at my work. Actually it was a British professor who was teaching there and he kinda got it, but it was all this early American tinware that was really functional and I called it art. And uh mm-hmm. they weren't really they weren't really sure what to do with me, but they thought it was interesting. So they put me in the small sculpture area. Okay. Which is kind of also That's interesting cool. to contextualize it as not big sculpture, but small sculpture. Yeah. But still sculpture. Yeah. Because they didn't have a craft department. Oh, uh, okay. Which is fine because I didn't really want to be in the craft department. Yeah. Anyway, huh. it was great. It was a really productive year for me to digest the, everything I was thinking about in New Paltz. And it was right across the street from the American Library. Oh. So I got to go in there and look at, you know, I was really interested in American folk um materiality and folk language okay and so i was looking at quilt squares and oh yeah fracture um all of which they had great resources on in in this library so it was it was a really great year to to grow and digest yeah you know i taught english while i was there for some extra money for some money yeah but there was a table kind of vibes no no for berlitz oh Mm -hmm. man berlin i I didn't i went there I liked Berlin was great. It was 1994, so Potsdamer Platz was still just the Platz. <laughs> oh, okay. Because the wall went through Potsdamer Platz, and so oh, it was, it was gotcha. nothing. There was nothing there. Yeah. So it was still transitioning. Wow, what a weird time to be there, too. It was fun. So then, um, how'd that relationship go? <laughs> great. We were together for six and a half years. Oh, really? Because yeah. when you yeah. said you were only there for a year, and I was like, did they break up? No, 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 no. Then he moved to London, and I couldn't stay in London. And then I was like, I'm moving to New York. I have to move to New York. I'm... Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we were long distance for about a year and a half, and then he eventually moved here. Yeah. So yeah. then you leave Berlin, and you go to New York. Yeah, just like plopped down in New York. Yeah, and you've been here ever since? I've been here ever since, yeah. Where did you first, what was the first neighborhood you lived in? For four months, I lived in Park Slope with a friend of mine from from SUNY New Paltz. Oh, okay. He wasn't in grad, he wasn't in the grad program, but he was a friend who I just looked up and I was like, hey, do you need a roommate? So 
that's nice. I moved in with him. And then um, four months after that, I moved to Williamsburg, mm-hmm. um, which was then a very different place than it is so now. So you get to be one of those people like, back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you wear that yeah. proudly. Uh, well, you know, I would lay in bed at night and look on the ceiling and be like, oh, someone lit the fireplace for me. But it was actually a car on fire outside. <laughs> Literally. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding you. They would strip cars and light them on fire. And oh my, my friend God. Roger came to visit from Berlin and he's he's British and he's like, Oh my god, this is so New York and he's <laughs> I have a picture of him leaning against the burnout shell of a car on my street. <laughs> I think it was like one That's of those amazing. last vestiges of like New York seventies yeah. feeling, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um so what was your first job when you got here? Um, I walked around New York blindly asking people for jobs, mainly in galleries. I thought, oh, I'll work for a gallery because I, I was the student representative or student uh, graduate student person employee at the gallery museum okay. at uh, New Paltz. And I had worked for galleries prior in London and in a gallery in Philadelphia while I was at Tyler. So I had that experience and thought, yeah, just walked into this one gallery, um, Bridgewater Lusberg, which is no longer here in Soho when Soho was the place. And Paul was like, I don't have any work for you, but you know, I'm on the board for um, a non-for-profit space that's run by the YWCA and they have a program called the Craft Students League and they're looking for someone part-time. I think it pays $8.75 an hour, but it has health benefits. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Was that a livable wage here mm, in the 90s? Ish. I catered as well. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's always yeah, the... Yeah. Although I had a dream of like being a go-go dancer or a bartender, but... I do love when I, because I date a lot because I'm single and that's what you do. And you'll meet somebody and they'll have this like amazing job. And then they're like, and I bartend. (laughs) It's like always like that, like, and this is where the real money comes. This is like the cool thing I want to be paid a lot more for. Well, I really thought about it because I wanted, you know, I wanted to be in the studio as much as possible. And I'm like, if I have to be a bartender to do that, then so be it. I'll I'll do that. Totally. But the craft student was great. It wasn't, I think it was full time-ish. And then I worked my way up into like, uh, coordinator and then assistant director and then I oversaw the metals studio there mm-hmm. um, all things that I had already kind of had experience with yeah um, and that was great and making work the whole time and making work the whole time did yeah. you have a separate studio I did not I actually left my friend my friend Joseph's and moved in with my friend Maria who went to SUNY New Paltz mm. and um, she had this duplex apartment and she said I could use this one room to make work in that's nice. So I did. And then within six months, the people upstairs moved out. And so I moved upstairs to that duplex apartment with a friend of mine. And I had my own studio there. And it's actually still there. Oh, wait. Oh, your studio is still in there? Yeah, my whole house is still there. Oh, my. Wait, you live in that same place? I do. I do. I, I'm, what? you know. Have you been grandfathered of, in for rent since one like of, <laughs> Well, one of the reasons I'm still in New York and, you know, it's a, uh, I think it's, it's, Good to understand how people survive in places. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I own the building through the grace of God. Wow. Because my landlord at the time made us a very special gift. And, uh, you know, it was something that I could do at the time. I mean, it was well. They were like, we want to, don't want this building. We're going to give you a really good deal. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah. And then you didn't have to go through realtors. Correct. Correct. I mean, it's like. There's more to the story, which I could yeah. disclose off camera, but yeah, um, <laughs> totally. I got you. but really one of the only, I think, you know, I, I'm here and I you know, have a really tiny mortgage and I have my studio there. And so, wow. Uh, yeah. That I do love that. Especially, um, whenever I'm in New York city and I don't do this as I do in other cities. Mm, well, I did it in Paris, but I just stare at people everywhere I go. And the one thing I think about is how do you do it? 
you know, because your perception of somebody and what they do is never really like really that true. Sure. So someone could look like they're a homeless person and they can be like the wealthiest person well, on in sure. New York, you know, so and people love that. You're homeless like, oh, that's Mark Jacobs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that raggedy T-shirt <laughs> is the row. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's always important um, how people are making that work. Yeah. Wow. So how long have you been in that house then? 23 years. Dang. I know. And is that the one that's in Williamsburg? Correct. Yeah. Oh, so you still live in Williamsburg. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have a partner? Do you live alone? I live alone. Oh, okay. Oh, God damn. You own a house and you live alone in New York? <laughs> the call is out, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong team. Darn it. Um, so... I really love the fact that you did just walk around and approach people. Yeah. Like, did you just have like literally an old school folder? Cause this is before. Probably. Like, yeah. With a Walkman <laughs> with a cassette in it. <laughs> I'm not treating you. But I, I mean, don't know. I, you know, I, I always say about myself and about my work as well. My studio practice, it's a mixture of naivete and bravado. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, I like that. Yeah, I might borrow that. You'd borrow it. I mean, I think it's a good, <laughs> it's a good way to be. You got to have some cojones. But I also think you have you can't be too real about it because you'll get crushed too fast. You have <laughs> yeah. to, you know, you just have to, you have to roll with it and go for it. Yeah. Um, well, it's so hard today too because every gallerist or someone I've met, they're like, if somebody walked in off the street with a um, resume, I yeah. would not <clears throat> take them seriously. Like, if you want to yeah. approach me, email me, whatever. And I like that kind of like hurts my heart a little bit because I feel like I'm so much better in person than yeah. I am on paper yeah. um, because my personality I feel is like probably my greatest asset. Right. Um, So hearing you say that you did that, it's like if people were doing that today, people just like look at them like they're crazy kind of. You can't, there was no internet then. You know, I had slides and and, you know, 30 slides in a sheet. Yeah. Trying to get representation, et cetera, et cetera. And then you could watch them throw it out in front of you. <laughs> yeah, which is actually kind of more satisfying than being like, did it just go into the spam box? Like yeah. I never heard anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how long did you have that job? Uh, probably three and a half years. Oh, that's a good little run. Yeah. Yeah. So what led to and during 96? That, oh, well, yeah, during okay. that time, I, you know, I moved to New York and I got my first, I got a Empire State Craft Alliance Oh yeah, Award your for resume is awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I was telling him, you guys, I'm gonna uh, JonathanWall.com. Anybody can look at it because <laughs> I'm taking some cues from it as well. But it's so thorough, um, and you have just done so much because you started out in sculpture and metal, yeah. but then you went into print, 2D. Uh, I went. Then I went. Uh, so I. Yeah, when I first moved to New York, I was like, I'm the art star that's going to be so famous because I got a, <laughs> my first like, my first grant and then a NIFA and then a Tiffany fellowship and I got a review in Art in America. And I'm like, yes, yes those are I mean, I almost yes. want to pull it up because I was reading through it and I just kept being like, oh, my God, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. But, you know, I went from sculpture from tinware sculpture that was small to tinware sculpture that was big. And then I got the Tiffany Award, which gave me some cash in my pocket. And I did this whole series called Cowboys and Unicorns, which are mm-hmm. Casperon's cow- Cowboys and Unicorns based on Frederick Remington's work about this kind of two mythological, semi-homoerotic um, figures coming together in this sculpture. Oh. Also about the, the copy and how we understand Remington through copies of these small things because you can get them through the U.S. Mint and <clears throat> you yeah. know the idea of multiples becoming more powerful and copies becoming more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the other thing I noticed about your resume that there wasn't really any gaps. Like you've been very consistent. I'm a hard worker. Yeah. You have to be a hard worker. No, I love you, that. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably prematurely gray because of my concern. I'm hoping. <laughs> Overworking. I'm like, I haven't been working on them. Um, no, but I, yeah. yeah, and that I think that's something, well, I don't think that's a myth to anybody that like people that have um, these long careers that are super productive and whatnot, like obviously you work really hard. Mm-hmm. Um but to consistently, like, even with your exhibition schedule, there wasn't really any gaps. I was looking. Okay. <laughs> There's always something happening. You yeah. Um, some, some years more than others that are, you know, more interesting. When did you start showing with Sienna? Because I didn't realize that you had shown with Sienna. Uh-huh. Um, so in 2006, I think I had done the Cowboys and Unicorns. I'd done mm-hmm. Aztec Astronauts based on Jared Diamond's book, Guns, Germs, and Steel. I'm a big reader. Good names, of, by the way. Of dry books. So Guns, okay. Germs, and Steel like blew me away. I'm like, oh, what the? So, uh, and then I did um, this salt heads called Sons of Sodom. Um, That's the work yeah, that I really loved. Yeah, they were really fun, but they came, I mean, my work n- was not really about being gay, but at the time it was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was on TV. Mm-hmm. Boy Meets Boy was on MTV. Okay. Wow. Boy meets boy. <laughs> still, still shocking in my my mind on MTV. And then at, at the same time, we were having this really politicized conversation about gay marriage. And yeah. Ohio had on the referendum gay marriage. And from what I recall, the the you know they say as Ohio goes, so goes the election. And that initiative brought out so many conservative votes that Ohio went for Bush. And yeah. um, it. It's, it's I'm going to say it swung the election, but it may or may not have. Yeah. But I just I was watching all this stuff happen in popular culture, mm-hmm. and then seeing this happen in in my government, and thinking, what are we? What what is this? A minstrel show? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know? Yeah. With all due respect to the horror of minstrel shows, you understand the analogy of like, what are we just entertaining? But we can't have any rights. Like, yeah. What? So um, the Sons of Sodom series was really in, inspired by that, like based on Lot's wife who escaped the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and then turned around and got turned into a pillar of salt at like the last minute. And I felt like, wow, I, you know, I was just old enough to escape the AIDS um, crisis or at least have the information I knew to protect myself. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're out, we're on TV and yet still we're not, we're not there yet. Like, we don't have I, any rights. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like using that as a, an analogy for my, particular moment in history and how I fit into culture. Mm-hmm. And did you show that work with Sienna? That no, no, no. Sorry. No. I went on a tangent. Oh, I, showed no. that, I showed that work in a show called um, Homo Museum at Exit Art, which was widely, widely publicized and it was a nice view at the times. And my work is right there. And The Advocate, which was really fun. <laughs> the salt heads got around. <laughs> <laughs> the salt heads did. Yeah. And they were fun to make because I made, I made um, clay positive sculptures of the of the busts and then I made mother molds of them and then I cast the salt in them yeah they were fun um and then I think it was around 2005 I was like oh you know I could use some extra money and I was watching my friends with jewelry lines I'm like I could do a jewelry line let me do a jewelry line did you really yeah there's I know. N- what? So I was like, I'll put together a jewelry line. Just making jewelry <laughs> just making now. Jewelry oh, I just now. love it how you're like, yeah, why not? I'll try. I was make some jewelry, and um, at the time, actually. Um, 
W Jewelry had just come out, which was you know so W. That web, mm, there was it's w, a magazine, there's, right? There's, there's W Magazine, and then they had an offshoot called W Jewelry. Oh, okay. And there was this one like really adorable like New York City designer in there, and I brought it to our PR people here. I was like, you know, I, I run a this jewelry center; it's huge, and I could give you ten designers, just yeah. like this, in the program right now. And my PR person said, "Well, you aren't you putting a line together?" I was like, "Yeah." Well, she's like, "Why don't we pitch that to W?" Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So they pitched that to W, and um, yeah, I was named one of the top ten designers in the world to keep your eye on. Oh my god! Are hilarious. you kidding me? <laughs> and not ah. only so you open it up, it's like called uh, I don't know what it's called, Worldview or something. And the first cup, the first what do you call that centerfold? Yeah, was me standing in my studio with like this jewelry line. So it was really funny. Barney's called, Bergdorf's called. It was, it was, I, I know I probably sound kind of conceited, but no. I, I find it kind of hilarious because I didn't really, I was like, what? Uh, what? Okay. So I've had this conversation with a lot of people where it's, okay. So it is like, yes, you have to have talent. You have to work really hard, et cetera. But there's also just this element of luck because. Luck is being prepared for when the opportunity presents itself. So I've been told. Yeah. But it's also, I worked. I, I work here at the Y. Yeah. Lovingly Monday through Wednesday. So that's why I'm still here. This yeah. position is structured. So I'm not here every day. Yeah. Which is great. Um, really great. Um, Love your job. <laughs> yeah. Well, I couldn't have launched a, I couldn't have put together a jewelry line if I was, yeah. you know, it's impossible. I still struggle to get my laundry done, you know, come on. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, having a, basically a PR person already working for me. Yeah. That, you know, now I know how PR works, but you have a PR person behind you, it gets you a lot farther. So at the time that this article launches and you're like top 10 to watch and whatever, yeah. how long had you actually had your production line? Uh, maybe I was working on it for a year, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that can be really, you know, I think that's sometimes hard for people to stomach as well because somebody can have like a business for 10 years and like never really go anywhere. Uh, and then like someone starts it six months later and they're yeah. like, which, listen, which I have a like tremendous amount negative. of artist envy. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton oh, yeah. of artists out there. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> really? <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, jewelers. <laughs> yeah. And you know, just so you know, there's a lot more failed artists out there than there are failed jewelers. So just remember that. Ooh, that's a good. You know, and we talk mm-hmm. about the art jewelry world and people get frustrated. Like, I don't understand. People don't understand as where blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah. well, you're, make, you, you're making art to some yeah. extent. And think of all the artists out there who get like really, you know. That no one A lot more ambition. Than to, yeah, yeah. 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 It's totally true. Everybody's yeah. an artist. Yeah. Swiping through Tinder, everybody's an artist. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I so I launched this jewelry line and then I was telling people, you know, after having a pretty good run as a sculptor and studio practice in New York for at least a decade, I was like, oh, I'm a jeweler and a sculptor to like new people. And they're like, oh. And I could see their eyes glaze over. I'm like, oh. Oh, right. You can't say those two things together. Really? Yeah, it's like still, all right, I might get in trouble for this, people, because this was 10 years ago, and now I'm sure everyone is thoroughly enlightened. But, you know, it's one thing to be a bartender and a painter. Yeah. That's, people get that. I it's get another that. thing to be like a male escort and a performance artist. That is really juicy editorial, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, let's talk about that. Can it's you okay. get me a connection for one of those for an interview? Sure. Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Somewhere in my Rolodex. Um, but to say you're like a, you're a jeweler and a sculptor, yeah. Or like a, a potter and a sculptor. I get that. You know, it's like somehow they, they kind of dumb each other down mm-hmm. in a very strange way. It's like, why would you do both? Yeah, because like you're either a sculptor or a jeweler. Right. Yeah. So which one are you not taking as seriously or something? Right. 
Yeah. yeah, or you're not good enough to be both either. I, you know, it's okay. it's it's. I think it's a it's a you know it's a a doctoral dissertation about how we understand and mm-hmm. classify those things because you get it as soon as I say no, it, you I totally d- get it. Like, I did uh-oh. get it. Yeah. What, what cracks me up is when artists make jewelry and everyone's like, "Oh my god, wow, that's amazing!" <sighs> Thank you. It's it's so interesting <clears throat> to see how it doesn't work the same way. It doesn't. You know, it really doesn't. And I, you know, perhaps because these artists who are making jewelry are much more famous, so yeah. they just have a lot more leeway to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But it's very, it's very interesting just from a purely conceptual, you know, hubris aside yeah. uh, conversation. So how long did your jewelry line last? Oh, it's still kind of out there floating around in some what? ways. What? Yeah. Okay, after this, but I it's need hidden. like a... It's <laughs> hidden. Uh, I do have some work at Devera in New York City, which is a really beautiful store, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, it needs a bit of a refresh. Um, and I have some work with... Um, Kate Egan and Egan Day in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. are you a, kidding Kate's me? It's an old friend. Yeah. So is it like it's more fine jewelry then? Totally fine jewelry. Yeah, I did oh, not make any art jewelry. Gold and diamonds will sell no matter what. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know. I, no, I mean like it's not like you're trying to like push a line of sterling silver jewelry. That stuff no, is like yeah. no, 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 no. My work is you know my work is very conservative. It's it's I'm relatively conservative. You know I yeah. I make work that I would want to wear. And it fits into my lifestyle. You know, my joke is if a drag queen's not going to wear it, people, you know, you have limited opportunities. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to Egan and Day and like check out your work. I I might have to dig for it, but it's there somewhere. Kate, get it out if you hear this. (laughs) She's coming. She's coming. (laughs) Um, Wait a minute. So you, during this, you did mention that you're already at 92nd Street Y. Correct. Because you had that PR. Yep. Yep. So I, I left the Craft Students League after three and a half years and came here. Number one, because of the way the position was structured. I'm like, wow, this is like an academic position without any academic committee work. I'm like, yeah. I'll do absolutely yes. <laughs> Monday through Wednesday with no committee work. I'm in. Um, oh, okay. So you did get just hired on as the director of jewelry. I got hired on as the director. Yeah. When? So how long have you had this position? Since 1999. Okay. All right, girl. <laughs> so that's 19 years. It's nine. Yeah. And um, the program has grown five times in size since I've been here. Wow. So it's definitely. Um, Which it's, is also kind of awesome because you grew with it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know. I, there's an opportunity here to give to create a school in which people do really they learn hard skills. Yeah, it's not art school, and you know New mm-hmm. York City is not an art jewelry town. Sorry, people, um, <laughs> it's just not like that's not what the majority of people here are looking for. And, yeah, and then and not for good or for bad. I certainly have my opinions of what about what really serious art collectors should wear as jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a real need for a structured program which taught you wax carving and stone setting and things that are really valuable skills. And I think certainly for a lot of people coming out of art school education, some of those skills are really valuable to learn. And we were a resource for that. You know, you, you mm-hmm. um, made a comparison to the Revere Academy, which is very flattering. Yeah. Um, we are not as structured as them, but you, yeah. you, I appreciate the comparison. Well, if I would have lived in New York, this is where I would have gotten my start because I did Pratt Fine Arts Center in Seattle, which yeah. would be kind like a cousin, kissing cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Similar yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, so I didn't realize. I mean, I guess that brings us to 92nd Street Y, mm-hmm. which you guys, <laughs> my impression was, oh, it's a jewelry school. Wrong. It's like a whole nonprofit community center. Your programming is so extensive. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I was on your website forever just digging in. Yeah, as I said, the three women I remember from the first year that I 
came here from the fall season. These are just three people that just popped off the top of my head were Martha Stewart, Hillary Clinton, and Jane Goodall. Yeah, get But everyone out of who's here. anybody is here. You know, we are on the circuit for anyone who's launching a book, launching a movie, heads of state. Uh, it's the lecture series is ridiculous. And, you yeah. know, the dance center here, Martha Graham premiered pioneer on our stage. Martha Graham had a huge history here at the 90 Seconds Through Y, as did, as did Bill T. Jones and a number of other really important early dance pioneers. Mm-hmm. I think there's a book out there called like 92Y in Modern Dance or something along those lines about yeah. this relationship that was fostered here for dance. And our Poetry Center is also incredibly renowned. So then, and it's interesting, the community, oh, by the way, I know how to, I made some Judaica for a while. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Our, yes. I mean, well, you know, 92nd Street Y started off. Was it predominantly like a Jewish focused community center? Yeah. It's one of the things that I learned when I moved to New York and I started working for the YWCA. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing that the first Y that started was the Young Men's Christian Association. Yeah. And they didn't let know. Christian women in or anyone non-Christian in. So unless you were a white male Christian, you weren't allowed at the YMCA. Right, so you know the Jews started their own, the Young Men's Hebrew Association. And at the time they didn't let women in. Yeah. Right, so you had the Young Men's Hebrew, the Young Women's Hebrew, the Young Men's Christian, the Young Women's Christian. Um, Over the years, the Jewish wise coalesced into one non-gender specific organization, Mm -hmm. or at least generally. Uh, The YW and the YM are still separate entities. Yeah. But they all happened at the same time as a place for people to foster community and and support their community. Yeah. And then I like on your website, it's like you obviously cater to like all demographics now. And I mean, the Y is, I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter that I'm Jewish or not Jewish. The Y is one of the most incredible, open, welcoming, supportive, interesting, multifaceted Mm -hmm. institutions I've ever come in contact with. And I'm, I'm very proud to work here. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I love, okay, so the lecture series, that seems to be um, like a very huge part of 92nd Street Y. It's, it's one of the, f- the face forwards. It's, it's one of the things that gets the most press. And most, okay, sure. that would make sense. Sure. And then, okay, so then dance. Then there's also like fine art and design classes. Yep, so the, art, I'm, the jewelry center is part of the art center, which is fine art and mm-hmm. ceramics. Oh, yeah, there's ceramics yeah, here. across the hall. Is there somebody who runs like... Bobby Silverman is head of ceramics, my Bobby colleague. Silverman. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. I am obsessed with ceramics. Oh, we can go. We have one of the only gas-fired kilns in the city. Really? Yeah, it's grandfathered in. What? Yeah. Oh, because they're illegal? Yeah, it's very hard to get a permit to put a gas-fired kiln in New York City. Oh, my in, in a high-rise. I, I mean, think, well, yeah, of we're course. We're basically not a high-rise, right. but a mid-rise, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely want to go see that. And then... So with the classes here, mm-hmm. first of all, checking out your class schedule. Yeah. Brian Parnum's going to be teaching. Yeah, I love Brian. Yeah. Have you met him before? No. Uh-uh. He's really fantastic. Um, Klaus Brugel, is that? Klaus Brugel. Uh-huh. Brugel. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when I very first took my first jewelry class, my mm-hmm. instructor was like, hey, we, there's this lecture series you have to go through. And he, t- he spoke. And so he was actually kind of probably one of the first like art jewelers I heard about. Um, Where did you take that? That was at the Seattle's Metal Symposium in oh. 2008, yeah. nine, something like that. I, I think one of the pleasures of this program is that it's in New York City. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm so, I have, we have such the luxury of having all these incredibly talented people here in New York, and Klaus yeah. included. Um, people from the industry, people from the art jewelry world, you know, it's the whole array of people that are here. And I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to... Um, you have a nice Shoes little Rolodex people. to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say your demographic, because it is in New York City, uh, the majority of your students are um, 
New York City based or do you have a lot of students that come in for workshops? Uh, we had a woman from Norway who came in for a workshop last, wow. last season. Yeah, from Norway for enamels. But like, you, you don't have enamels in Norway? But, uh, you know, it's New York. So I think people sometimes combine it with a New York City trip. Yeah. And it depends on who the artist is. You know, if it's a workshop, people are willing to travel for the weekend. Yeah. Most of our classes are once a week for a certain number of weeks. So we don't get as many people traveling. But some people, I've had people travel from Philly and from Baltimore, you know, certainly from Connecticut and the tri-state area, New Jersey, we we have students. But you don't facilitate, like you don't have a dorm or anything here. Like if you We actually do have a residence here. What? Yeah, we do. And so do you give them like a pretty decent rate? No, you have to be, it has to be longer than a month for a stay because otherwise it's a SRO. Which is like short, short term occupancy. I think that's correct. So yeah, we generally, our our residence is mainly for um, college students. Oh. Harry Connick Jr. was a resident here. What? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. And that's one of the things about the program, the artist in residency program that I started last year for an international artist to come. The only one of its kind in New York City. Uh, We have a residence here. So we're Mm -hmm. able to put them up for a month here and they have place to live and a place to work for the month yeah that was the next thing i was going to bring up because yeah it's um well i just found out that i do not say his name right sorry dude but gorian kling that is not your correct name <laughs> we'll just say goran kling because that's what he told me how to say goran goran kling was our first was our first artist in residence he was last year and nice. this year we just welcomed inika herkins from the netherlands inika herkins yeah. yes okay yep. good because <laughs> i was researching her today yeah i can't believe that it's the only artist in residence for jewelry in New York. Bananas. That is wild. Yeah. So you, this was your vision. Yep. Um, congrats. That's amazing. Thanks. I, I was like, well, if I was going to go, so I, I'd take a month long residency in Paris to make something jewelry yeah. or whatever, you know? Um, so with your residence, mm-hmm. uh, what do they get? Like, what do you offer them? Me. <laughs> <laughs> they you get, get to, to become they my They get to friend. be my friend for a month. <laughs> no. Uh, they get a studio to work. They, we pay for their um, transportation, their, okay. their accommodation, and their studio. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, well, you know, I... We don't charge them anything. Okay, yeah. Because, you know, all residencies are not created equal. I've been looking for one in Europe, but a lot of them, you have to pay cover your own travel and, like, stay there. It's just, like, a studio and a space and a show. Yeah. Um, So that's a pretty, like, nice residency. So to secure funding for that, did you do grant writing? Like, is this all through 92nd Street Y? They're like, we have a budget. You can have it. No, the funds, I raise the the funds myself. I have a jewelry center committee, which helps me raise funds. So I work with some very um, generous people that help me support our annual operating budget yeah so um part of that is through contributed income and Mm -hmm. one of our um, committee members kathy chazen whose family has been involved in the arts for quite a long time her father's jerome chazen who's very involved in museum of arts and design okay um kathy's a big jewelry lover and i brought this idea to her as a funding opportunity and she said yes i would like to support something like that so this is generously supported by kathy chazen Nice. Yeah. So how do you know how long it is supported for? Like, is it secured for like five years or it's like year by year? It's you're a, just it's a year out? by year commitment. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Otherwise it would probably be some kind of an endowment. Yeah. I was going to say, I was not, like, is it not, endowed? Not, okay. No, no, but um, if anyone is interested in endowing <laughs> yeah. this program, I'm all ears. Yeah. Uh, it's the only jewelry residency in New York people yeah. get it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with Inica, Yep. Oh, I did it right. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also saw that. So it, her residency 
will culminate with a workshop. Yeah, that's the um, only requirement for the last weekend. Um, the residents are required to give a workshop. Oh, that's exciting. And yeah. it's September 22nd and 23rd, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then our fall season starts on the 24th. Oh, great. And I'll have her information in a description of the podcast. People, look great. it up. Her work is amazing. Yeah, like I was checking really it out and I was really into it. Um, and if you're in the area, take her workshop. It's a weekend workshop. You can come on up. It is. Yeah. Get a hotel, Airbnb it, yeah. do all the things. Yeah. So is there anything, other aspects? I mean, first of all, your job is, how many workshops do you have to schedule and figure out per year? Uh, like I said, we have 60 classes a semester. So Oh, a semester. A semester. So about wow. 500 students a semester go through, you can almost say weekly, about 500 yeah. people go in and out of here uh, with 23 faculty members. And we have a workshop every weekend, whether it's with faculty or visiting artists. So you only work Monday through Wednesday? Yes. But then with all these classes going on, are you kind of here more than that? No. No. <laughs> you keep good boundaries. I really keep good boundaries. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. Jo- I have good a wonderful I have a wonderful support staff in mm-hmm. the Art Center office. Yeah. We have coverage here throughout the week and the weekends. I also have a studio monitor, which I rely on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for people who are really interested in taking a class here, what is the price range like? Is it affordable? I mean, it's, I think a general amount would be $500 for a 14 week class. That's affordable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's um, and the Y is very generous with scholarships. If you, you can that's apply. what I was going to say, you, you got it like work study or is it just like straight up scholarships? <clears throat> straight up. Usually it's a half scholarship. If you're, if you prove that you are eligible. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. And that's all on the website. I'm all sure. on the website. Yeah. You can figure out all the things. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite aspect of your job? Um, my favorite aspect of my job. One of those nice generic questions. Yeah. Every other year I take a group of students away somewhere. Oh, how about that? Well, I don't take them away. I organize a trip and we all go away. They pay for it. Um, <laughs> but I just took a group to Israel Wow. And um, then after that, I went to Jordan, which was wonderful. Um, prior to that, we went to Vienna and Prague, um, to Japan, okay. to India. Um, I mean, I was lurking Italy. your Instagram for like pictures and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he just lives that life. I've been traveling a lot this year. Yeah, you're yeah. just I've everywhere. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, well, that's a, it's a wonderful It's you. a wonderful aspect of my job. It's also something I created when I came here. I'm like, no, you know what? I would, I want someone to take me around Italy and the Veneto and I want to yeah. go to Vicenza. Yeah. Like, you know, we got into a chain, a gold manufacturer in Vicenza. We got to see the giant chain machines. What? Yeah. And I think, you know, you don't know how big your network is until you're forced to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our world is relatively small and everybody knows everybody. So kinda, yeah. there's kind of like six degrees of separation. So it was always fun to kind of put that out there and, and find out what, what's next it's a wonderful aspect of my of my job I mean I'm kind of trying to do that for myself with the podcast like where can this take me to do interviews sure and write it off absolutely yeah. I mean I want to go places so I'm just yeah. trying to figure out a way to make it happen yeah um my next question is what is your least favorite aspect of your job uh my least just the nuts and bolts kind of stuff yeah I mean it's a nonprofit, so I'm sure there's a lot of things that are just like eh uh, you know that I wouldn't say the budgetary restrictions are such an issue. I just think it's the kind of everyday doing grind it. at times. It's and it's really it's more just like you know, I'd like to be just big picture. 
just not have to worry about details. I still yeah. have to worry about details, you know? Yeah. But um, in general, it's great. I, you know, I have 23 faculty members that most of which I've hired. Wow. Um, and they're wonderful people who are mm. all working artists. And so, you know, those are my colleagues in, in general. Ah, man, that's cool that you, so when you're hiring people, are you looking for people that you're, that maybe you can kind of see yourself I'm in. I'm not going to hire like, people I don't like. <laughs> well, yeah, true. But it's like, that's great because I just think that would be this, such a cool aspect of it, being able to look at someone's resident may and see what they're trying to do and be able to give them like their foot in the door to have an opportunity. Uh, yeah, that sometimes happens. Although generally I'm... I'm romanticizing it. We have the luxury of <laughs> oftentimes hiring people who are really very well established professionals. Oh, right. Yeah. Um. Sorry, my computer just said something to me. Um, I lost my train of thought. It's okay. She's a she's a testy woman. That one. Um, so we talked about Ninety Second Street. Why? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> New York City Jewelry Week. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're a partner for New York City Jewelry Week. Yeah. You guys in very. I mean, this is kind of in line with what you do, anyways. You're having two big talks, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, the editor of Town and Country. Remind me of her name. Stelene Valandez. Yes, Stelene Valandez. So she is going to be, it's interesting because I was looking her up, um, trying to figure out who she is. I was like, well, of course, town and country. But like she published a book on jewelry. She did. And that's one of the, uh, I think three years ago it came out, maybe four. And that's one of the things that perked my interest. I was like, well, who's Stelene? Who's, yeah. who's, I didn't know about her love for jewelry. Mm-hmm. And once I saw that book, I actually reached out to her and I was, I was so excited to see this book and said, you know, I love the fact that you obviously love jewelry and would you want to collaborate on something here at the Y? Oh, that's and cool. she said, yes. Yeah, so this is going to be her third talk. Oh, and so that's going to be happening. And she, is she a moderator or she's like putting together a panel? She's putting together, talk? she's putting together a group of people. It's um, called Made in New York. So it's all things okay. jewelry that happened in New York, which I think is exciting and a wonderful topic. Yeah. And um, forgive us if we don't have like exact dates or times or whatever. I'm going to put all this in the description of the November podcast. November 12th. Seven oh, o'clock. Okay. <laughs> it's the first, it's the first it. evening program for New York Jewelry Week. Uh, oh, Monday. Monday night. Is that Monday? Yeah. Oh, I'll be around. Great. Oh, hopefully. I. It's like, a, it's a whole week. And so I'm going to be coming back and forth yeah. between Philly. So it's a little hard for me to take a whole week to be here. But yeah. Monday I'll be here. Great. And um, Tuesday night we have a talk with Marion Faisal, who's the... Um, author of The Adventuring. Which is, she is so cool we looking. We love Marion. She's oh, terrific. I'm going to miss that one. And she's going to be interviewing Lynn Yeager, who's the contributing editor to Vogue and a whole mm. persona in her own right. Pretty yeah. fabulous person. Yeah, yeah, Google her too because Google images of that woman is amazing. Yeah, she's um, she's got a style. Yeah, she does. And do you know what they're going to be talking about or just like just uh, I th- hanging out? I think Lynn has a lot to say. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Lynn, Lynn, you know, she's a... She's an influencer. She's a style maven. She's a hunter of objects, jewelry. Uh, she's an editor. Yeah. She's got, I think, I think that hour is going to go real quick. Yeah. And then um, amazingly, Judy Geib, who's one of my favorite New York City jewelers and a wonderful person, is going to be doing um, a workshop on Friday for one day. That's the one that hadn't I had not yet gotten to details about. So, Correct. Because it has not been published yet. Because uh, am I getting to, an exclusive? Maybe <laughs> Friday ten to four, but it's not online yet. So 
<laughs> maybe after Labor Day. Not, and that's that's my own. I'm just I'm just holding off on it because I yeah. I maybe have some VIPs I want to hold some spots for. I don't know. Okay. Because right. Judy, this is Judy's never done a workshop before. Oh, so and this is gonna like sell out real yeah, quick. Yeah, she's spectacular, and her work is spectacular. And I mean, I don't know her, so I'm gonna you have to Google yeah, her. I'm gonna she's Google really, her after she's this. Good. She's really good, <laughs> and a really genuine, wonderful maker. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got a lot going on. And then, okay, so your role on the advisory committee, what does that actually mean? Like you're just, because this is the inaugural one, right? Yeah. A lot of people um, are reaching out to me and they're like, what is it? Like a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot of confusion still because I think people that are aware of what Munich Jewelry Week is, they're like, is it just like Munich Jewelry Week, but in New York? But it's not, it's so different in It's not, ways. and you know, when Bella and JB came to me with the idea initially and they may have lied to me, but... <laughs> They said that I was one of the first people they talked to about whether or not I thought it was a good idea. And if I was behind it, they would maybe, they would go for it. Yeah. I, I said, you know, the, the, there's opportunity in the deficit here, you know? Yeah. We're not, we're never going to be schmuck. We're not funded no. by the Bavarian government. We're not 40 years old. We don't have all this time history. We don't have the academy mm-hmm. like in Munich they have. So, you know, and our opportunity here is New York is a completely different animal. And we have all these big names. We have all these luxury brands. And we have all these art jewelers. And, you know, what I've said from the beginning is it's an opportunity to get all these people at the table and to talk to them, to talk to each other. Yeah. You know, these weird facets of the jewelry world, whether it's studio jewelry or art jewelry or production jewelry or fashion jewelry, there are all these weird little camps. And it's Mm -hmm. silly in some ways that there's not just more connectivity, even through conversation. Yeah. I mean, I understand why there are, you know, lines to the fields, but um, I, I think in New York we should have more of a conversation. I think this is the opportunity to do so. And and I think that's something that's really exciting. I mean, when anybody's talking to me about it, I was like, don't go there expecting it to be a Munich because that's yeah. not what it is. And if no. you are, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. It's a whole different beast. And I think that's really exciting. And it's also the inaugural year. Like, yeah. I'm sure a lot of it is just going to be we don't actually really know what to fully expect. So quit asking and show up. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's happening very fast. And I, yeah. as I said to them, I said, let's, let's do it instead of not doing it. And there'll be a next year and there'll be a year after that. And we can learn from the mistakes. Um, you know, Bella and JB and I have <clears throat> early on, have, we bounced a lot of ideas. They bounce a lot of ideas back and forth to me. And I thought what I thought. And, you know, for myself, it's, as I said to you earlier, I have a very idiosyncratic relationship to the jewelry world. Mm-hmm because of my role here, but my studio practice is not jewelry. Yeah. Even launch after the launching the jewelry line and getting into that, I, you know, ultimately decided to, to draw the jewelry. Yeah. Which is why I started drawing it because I was interested in it and I thought these objects, initially those jet objects were very totemic and kind of writ large. They became very abstracted objects. Um, and I think being more a practicing fine artist, and I'm just using that as a terminology, I'm not trying to define it. It's just what people yeah. call it. Um, you know, sometimes standing on the edge of the jewelry world or maybe in the jewelry world that I am, yeah. uh, I, I, it's interesting to look at it kind of a little bit more abstractly oh. for myself. And again, it, it comes with a lot of bravado because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't really have a, ju- I mean, I have a jewelry line, but you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to push my jewelry line anywhere. I'm fine with yeah. where my jewelry line is. So it's just a fascinating conversation to foster and I think um, 
I think for a long time I'm like, oh, Jewelry World is weird. It's such weirdo. I don't know about that place. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. how weird. Um, but I think the weirdness is really great. I think the, the flatter the world gets with the internet and to see mm-hmm. how ceramics has been completely accepted and consumed by the art world as a really incredibly viable art form. Yeah. You know, careful what you wish for, people. I think <laughs> I think in 100 years when people come to look at this field and they're like, wow, those people just made that? They just, they made that because they wanted to make it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's really powerful, and I think it's really exciting and something to embrace. And again, there's a lot more failed artists than there are failed jewelers. People just always remember that. Go for it. Do what you want to do. Um, it's a it's a fascinating relationship to have, yeah. Uh, and for me to kind of float in and float out of well, on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my god, your life so good. I'm just like living, breathing jewelry all the time right now. Um, I do check my email. Yeah. When I'm in my studio, my studio is next to my office at home. So there I, you go. I changed, you know, I put on a different song and then I, I'm like, oh, on email. So <laughs> sometimes I check it. Um, for New York City Jewelry Week, yeah. w- is there anything that you are super excited about that you've heard about? Like anything that you're like, yes. Um, I'm the- excited that Current Obsession is going to be doing a symposium. I'm know? really excited yeah, about I that. Yeah, I love Sarah and Marina, and mm-hmm. um, I like their program. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how that trans... I mean, it's that was developed within such a, a Munich Jewelry Week context. It's going to be interesting to see how that translates. Um, listeners who don't know what we're talking about, Current Obsession started out as like an online platform, and then they had a magazine for a while. Uh, and they are the ones that kind of coined... Munich Jewelry Week, Um, two women, super smart, and then published a map, which is now everybody's like Bible. You get there, you go to Current Obsessions headquarters, you get that map, and that is your guide for the week. So I think that's a really great aspect to bring from Munich is Current Obsession is coming. I think they are going to be doing a map likewise. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of makes, because I don't want it to be... it just brings a, like a little part of Munich here, which is exciting. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm not anti-Munich here. No, at all. I don't think anybody. I think is, it's great to have that that thread. Yeah, that thread to it. Um, but it's different, and you know, I think mm-hmm. people should be vocal about what they would like, and you know, it's still wide open. So if you have an idea yeah. that you want to do, I mean, I know New York City ain't cheap, but. Uh, you know, know, put it forward. Send someone on the advisory council your idea or for next year or things that like, oh, I was really hoping to, you know. Yeah. It's it's, it's to be created. Yeah, that's kind of the coolest part about it is like there's no rules. It's you can just kind of make whatever happen because it's the first year. Yeah. Even in Munich, you know. Yeah. People put up shows and it's not officially sanctioned by anybody. They just put up shows. Yeah. I mean, and. For me, when I went to Munich the first time, I went to Munich because I knew I wanted to show at Munich and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not a part of New York City Jewelry Week this year or you're intimidated by it or you don't know where to start, just show up. Don't be intimidated. Come find me. Yeah, don't. Yeah, (laughs) he's really nice. Uh, I'm nice too. Come find me. Um, But just come and be a part of it and talk to people and meet people and take those connections forward for the next year. Yeah, and I think, you know... One of the things that I, I don't know, I don't know exactly know who I'm talking to right now. If I'm talking to young people or old people or middle-aged people or people, I don't know. But as a young person, <laughs> I would say my advice is to come with an agenda. Like what, mm-hmm. who do you want to meet and yeah. why do you want to meet them? Well, yeah, I, I'm now part of. Well. And who are your heroes? This is, <laughs> uh, this is, this is something I ask whenever I give critiques. You know, who are your five heroes? Oh yeah. You need to know who your five heroes are, whether they be artists or writers or whatever. You need to you need to have those parameters about how you envision your life. And I think it's important to have 
a cadre of people whose work or whose life you'd like to not imitate parallel. Yeah. Or, because I think it's mm-hmm. really important to know how they got there and what, you know, what they do, why they do it and why you like it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last year for Munich, we were stalking Helen Britton on her Instagram. Oh, and, Helen. And we got invited over for breakfast at her studio. And oh, we all like... That's a very coveted... I've been invited to breakfast at Helen and Davide's. It's very... Yeah. Well, congratulations, ladies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we that's a like, very hard invitation for the Weisswurst or, uh, or, 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 or I can't remember the name of the sausages, but... We were just shaking. We are like, yeah. really? We're going to breakfast at our... Uh, like, it was so funny. And then... um. Rob Kudis? Ah. Kudis? From uh, is that how you say his name? Rob. It's her gallery in Amsterdam. Yes. Um, gallery Rob. So we show up and we see the sign that says like Helen and David's studio and there's a sign mm-hmm. like pointing up and we're like, oh my God. So we're all like taking a selfie with it because we're geeking out so hard. Hilarious. And then this like very well-dressed man gets out of a cab with mm-hmm. his partner and, mm-hmm. and we're just like, don't mind us just taking this geeky photo. Well, that's gallery it, raw for you. That's who <laughs> <laughs> runs gallery raw oh lady. <laughs> I was just like, hi, nice to meet you. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, we set out to do that. Like our one thing was like we really want to visit. No, Helen they're both Britain's incredible studio. artists whose work I admire very, very, oh very my much. God, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, reach out to me if you're coming and you don't know anybody. The podcast is going to be here all week. Um. JV Collective is having a show as well, so you know at least one person, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're excited to be part of New York Jewelry Week, and again, there's the two lectures and the workshop with Judy Guybe. Um. Inica, unfortunately, will be gone by then, but the oh, applications yeah. will be open. I think our application for um, 2019 artist in residency will be up. Is in it only November. for international artists, or no? You... It's for anybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, California is basically another country. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. I'll be in <laughs> You're LA all welcome, next people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well. I guess we should wrap up. We're going to do a tour of 92nd Street Y. I'm really excited because um, now I know so much about this place. <laughs> now I get to see it. Is oh, there... and if, if you're in New York too, I'll be yeah. in the show Radical Jewelry. Cur- Makeover? Curated, curated, <laughs> curated <laughs> by Jane Adlin at the Katona Museum. Which is that is, for Jewelry Week? That is uh, it'll be, op- there'll be, there is an event at the Katona Museum um, for Jewelry Week. Okay. So I'll have a big drawing there. Nice. Big one. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, anything else you want to plug or whatever? Uh, yeah, the residency, of course. Um, yeah. That show. Um, That's pretty exciting. I feel like I'm forgetting something else. I can't. I mean, I lurked you pretty well. There was nothing on my radar besides that. Just check out the upcoming class schedule because yep. there's some really great programming happening. Um, I'm pretty jealous. You might actually be seeing me up here for a class before you know it. Let me know. Come on up. Weekend class. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. I'm really flattered to be part of this conversation. Yeah, this was really fun. Good. Yay. My pleasure. Um, Well, everyone, this has been another episode of Proceed Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists. Until next time. Proceed Value is recorded and produced by me. Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron. Visit patreon.com slash value to learn more or check out our website at proceedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening.